Good morning. Welcome to Boiling Springs Baptist Church. We are glad that you have chosen to worship with us this morning on this Father's Day. We wish a happy Father's Day to all of the fathers and those who are like fathers, and we're glad that all of you are here to join us for worship today. We are very glad that each of you are here today for worship, and I would invite you to uh, turn your attention to the screens as we begin our time today. Dad, do you love? I do. How much? Gobs and gobs. Dad, mm -hmm. do you love my brother? Connor? <laughs> I do. How much? Gobs and gobs. Praise this morning is hymn number 262, I Love Thy Kingdom, Lord. 262, if you are able, please stand and join in singing.
can come forward for lesson on the steps. Come on, Miss Georgia. Here comes Mr. Luke. All right, I, Georgia, can you just sit right there so people can see you? You're going to get behind the bench there. All right. All right, Luke. I want you to do something for me. Ella, can you do this? Piper, can you do this? You can, can't you? Put your hands together. Not yet, not yet. We have to leave our shoes on until we get back to the little classroom, okay? Can you do this, Georgia? What are we doing when we do our hands like this? Are we praying? Pastor Keith's going to talk about prayer today. And when we, when we pray, we learn in Sunday school and chapel to put our hands together. Just like that. That's exactly right, Piper. But I want us to remember a couple of our fingers today. Can you wiggle your thumb? Can you wiggle your thumb? Ella, can you wiggle your thumb? All right, that's the finger closest to you. So today, I want you to remember the closest one to you today is your dad. You love your dad? Yeah, and your granddad, and maybe somebody that's very special. So today, when we say our prayers, we want to remember the person who's closest to us today, and that's our dad, but also our mom, too, because she helps take care of us, too. That's right. Put them together. So when we think about our prayers today, we want to put our hands together, and we want to remember our thumb. Can we do that? Everybody can do that, can't we? All right, hands together. Okay, eyes closed. Or at least be quiet for just a minute. Okay, there you go. Dear Lord, on this special day, as Pastor Keith talks about prayer, we need to learn to remember who we love the most, which is you and your son. But we also teach our children to remember and love and thank for their families. Lord, we are thankful for our families, for our moms and our dads, for all the love and the joy that shared between us. Thank you, Lord, for our faith, for your son, for your church, and for this beautiful day. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ellen's breathing this weekend now that Bible school is over, but um, certainly uh, appreciate all of those who helped make Bible school a great success this last week. Uh, not only were relationships formed and strengthened, uh, but 11 children chose to respond to Jesus and to follow him with their lives this week. And we just rejoice with that. We could not be more for, for me and for the staff continue to follow up with the children from our church family and others of which were from our community and um, the numbers kept growing each night that we would pick up from the community so much so that we had to take two trips the last two nights that we were picking up kids for Bible school so many of you were here and participated and helped in some way and many of you helped transform the sanctuary uh, back into what it is today and so And my microphone keeps going out, in and out, so I don't know what we need to do there. But, um, but we're glad you're here today. Let me extend another happy Father's Day to all of our fathers here this morning. Uh, encourage you to be in prayer for a few people. Uh, Renee, my wife, is at home with pneumonia. This was uh, something that came up Thursday night. She felt awful Friday. She went to the Minute Clinic 
and they told her if she starts feeling any worse later in the day Friday that she needs to go to the hospital. But luckily we've been able to avoid that. But she's at home recovering and um, you pray for her, not only with her pneumonia, but I'm the one trying to you know, help out a little bit as I can. But um, you, you pray for us in, as we begin to get better from that. Um, we do have others who are struggling with illnesses and just uh, sicknesses in our church family, some recovering from surgeries. And so let's be mindful of all of those this morning. Will you go with me now in a moment of prayer? God, we thank you for this day, another day to enter into your house, another day to gather as your people, as the children of God, to sing songs of praise, to lift up our concerns, many of which have already been lifted up as we've as we have gathered here for worship, Father, we do lift up those that are on our hearts and minds today. We do pray for Renee, you would touch and heal her body. We pray for others, Lord, that are struggling and recovering from illnesses and those undergoing treatments at this hour. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We're thankful that you are our good shepherd and that you walk with us in days when we're feeling on top of the world and in days when um, we're struggling. And Lord, we thank you for being that good shepherd and walking with us. Lord, we do ask this morning that you would forgive us of our sins. We do ask that you would lead us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And Father, we do pray that uh, we would be about the kingdom work that you have called us to, both in our families, at our jobs, in our community, and around the world. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. We thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. He is the reason that we gather today to sing, to praise, to worship. And Lord, we pray that everything we do would bring honor and glory to you. Lord, we do lift up all those who serve you around our world. Uh, Lord, both here in the States and around the world as missionaries. God, be their provision. And Father, bless them with fruitful ministries. We pray for all those in leadership this morning, that you would give them wisdom, give them guidance and knowledge to lead in ways that would please you and honor you in ways that would seek to advance your kingdom. Lord, we join together this morning in praying the prayer that you taught us to pray. If you will pray with me, congregation. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Our next hymn is uh, the Lord's Prayer set to music, hymn number 382. If you are able, please stand and join in singing hymn number 382.
I don't plan prayers when I say them or um, I don't write them down. I heard something yesterday on TV. I'm a quick planner. I, I plan quickly. I don't, anyway, instead of not planning, I'll just say I plan quickly. Uh, just wanted to say that it is a joy to be a father. I love, I love being the father to my little girl. And I know all you fathers feel the same way. Um, I always said when I was growing up, it sounded like on Mother's Day, the preacher praised the mothers, and on Father's Day, the preacher beat up on the fathers. <laughs> but uh, I think all of my, my father, my grandfathers, and the great-grandfathers that I didn't even know have done quite a, quite a good job. And all of you have too, all you men. Thank you for everything. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for the fathers. I appreciate every father in this, in this room this morning that has sought guidance from you and looked to you to help see how we should raise our children. Pray, Lord, that we will continue to be the kind of fathers and grandfathers for whom our children and grandchildren will thank you as well in the future. Lord, take these tithes and offerings and extend your kingdom to the far reaches of the earth. In Jesus' name, amen.
I'm grateful that the potter's hand does guide us and mold us and shape us to look more like him. Amen. And not only does he do that, and he does it in many ways, but one of the ways that he does that is through prayer. We have used this passage in uh, church and sermons numerous occasions. Today we are focusing on just a part of this passage, but if you have your Bibles and or you want to follow along on the screen, we'll be reading from Matthew's account of the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 9 through 13. This is in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount as the disciples, as Jesus was talking to the disciples and many of those gathered about prayer and the importance of prayer. And in Matthew 6, beginning at verse 9, Jesus said, pray then in this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Do not bring us to the time of trial or temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And may God add his blessing to the reading and the preaching of his word this morning. As a response to the scripture reading, if you would turn in your hymnal to number four. I know many, if not most of you, know this chorus. We're going to sing it all the way through, first, second, third stanza, together. And then we're going to do it as a round. So we'll have the organ side start, and I'll direct you when to start, then the center section, then the piano section. And um, just keep singing, sing the first stanza, second stanza, and third stanzas around. The first time we're going to do it together, so that'll get you warmed up. And then the next time we're going to do it is around.
Lord's Prayer is one of the most sacred prayers in Catholicism and Christianity. Not sure if this prayer um, leads you to recall certain memories or maybe a certain space, uh, maybe a certain worship environment. Maybe growing up as a kid that you recited this or maybe there was a special coach or someone that brings back memories when you hear this prayer. For me, it was my JV basketball coach, sophomore year at Hendersonville High School. Um, we would pray this prayer in the locker room before heading out onto the court each time. Uh, Gary Rivers was uh, a good coach, but a strong coach, and uh, he would always come down uh, and, and bring us together in a, in a moment that was at times uncharacteristic of him and the way he coached because he, he demanded a lot of us, but he would pause always in the locker room before we headed out onto the court and would offer the Lord's Prayer. He never said anything else about his faith or anything, but it's, that's just the thing that he did. And it's something that when I hear the Lord's Prayer, my mind goes back to a sweaty, stinky locker room um, at uh, Hendersonville High School before we would go play some ball. But I'm not sure if you remember over the last few weeks, I think it was around the, well, June 6, actually, I believe it was, that I just happened to be looking at the news and I heard some news from, um, uh, from the Pope. And I don't know if you remember this, but back earlier in June, the Pope had recommended and approved, or the, that, who different people had, a change for the Catholics for the Lord's Prayer. I don't know how many may remember this, but um, at Christmas Mass this year, some of them are going to be saying the Lord's Prayer probably in a way that, or maybe stumbling a bit, if you will. But instead of saying, lead us not into temptation, the Catholics will be saying, do not let us fall into temptation. The Pope said he thought the English translation of the prayer was not correct. It is not a good translation because it speaks of a God who induces temptation when it says lead us not into temptation. He told the TV 2000 channel there, I am, I am the one who falls. It's not him pushing me into temptation. The Pope later said also a father doesn't do that. A father helps you to get up immediately. It's Satan who leads us into temptation and that's his department. Scripture does say in James 1, 13 and 14, you may remember this verse, no one when tempted should say, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself tempts no one. But one is tempted by one's own desire, being lured and enticed by it. And uh, as I was reading that article, I also read some people who were obviously not in favor of what the Pope was recommending and what they had approved as the Catholic Church, saying it was fine just the way it is. That is the original, that is the translation that we read, lead us not into temptation. But the Pope had a problem with what it communicated theologically. But this morning, that is not our focus. I just wanted to get that out of the way, see if any of you have heard that in the news. But this morning, our focus is verse 10 of the Lord's Prayer, which specifically says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Next Sunday, I'll be beginning a new sermon series called The Unseen World. And we're going to spend about three sermons on heaven this summer. We're going to spend one on angels and one on the significance of dreams. Uh, summer's a time to kind of experiment, at least for me and hopefully for the church, maybe even do some fun things from the pulpit on a Sunday morning, something that might be a little bit different. And something that I grew up with, I grew up with pastors preaching about heaven and hell, and it just, it, it, it came up often in sermons. And it's not something that we hear as much today, not only here at Bowling Springs, but in other pulpits across our nation, as I've been reading and studying some and preparing for this. But why is that? And so this summer, for a few Sundays, we're going to be talking about heaven. We're going to be talking about some of those things that, that take place in the unseen world. What, what, are we, what are we to make of angels? And many of you, if you have had experiences 
that you believe could have been angelic, I would love to hear about those experiences as we move along this summer. I have already, among the staff and others that I have talked about, been hearing stories from people about angels and what they believe was a possible encounter uh, in their lives. And so I would love to hear that from you and would love to just uh, to talk about this subject with you in a personal way. On a Sunday morning in preaching, we don't get that give and take like we do on Wednesdays for Bible studies. And I miss that um, as during our time on Sunday mornings. But if you were to ask others what the Bible means when it talks about the kingdom of God, when Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This morning, we're transitioning into heaven next Sunday, hopefully not, well, not literally, but, uh, but, but we're, we're talking more about heaven beginning next Sunday. But in the transition and moving in that direction, we're talking about what Jesus meant when he prayed, not only in the Lord's Prayer, but throughout what is, I believe, a central theme throughout the New Testament, this of the kingdom of God. So if you were to ask others what the Bible means when it talks about the kingdom of God, a common response would well be he's talking about heaven. It often says the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. The most common expression I remember and still hear often about the kingdom of God is expressed during the offertory prayer. And Josh, it was expressed this morning during the prayer. And you say, use these funds for the upbuilding of your kingdom. Well, what do we mean when we speak about the upbuilding of God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God? Again, it's a central theme throughout the New Testament and a central theme throughout the ministry of Jesus. The first sermon that we read in the New Testament by John the Baptist in Matthew 3, verse 2, he says these words, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the introduction to the kingdom that we have, and it only continues not only in the Gospels, but throughout the New Testament. Just a chapter later in uh, chapter 4, verse 17, Jesus himself said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus continues this in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And today in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew 6, a great verse to memorize, one that I memorized as a child. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things, all these provisions will be added unto you. As you go to the 13th chapter of Matthew, you see time and time again multiple descriptions from Jesus when he says the kingdom of God is like, and he tells a short parable. The definition is exactly what we think it is, but it is also more. It does deal with sovereignty, it does deal with royal power, but the way that it differs is that the kingdom of God is now alive and well in the hearts of men. The kingdom of God was inaugurated with the coming of Christ. Uh, and, is, and is here and alive today. It's not just a future kingdom, but it is a kingdom that the scripture, when we read it and when we hear these verses about the kingdom, it's a kingdom that is here and present now. So the question for us this morning is what does the upbuilding of God's kingdom look like? Again, we need to understand the kingdom of God has come. It has come in the form of Jesus Christ. It is coming and it will come. The kingdom came in Jesus, it exhibited today in the life of the church, and it will culminate when Christ establishes his rule on earth. The kingdom of God is not just future tense. The kingdom of God is now when obedience to God's will is done. Every act of love, every act of kindness, everything that can be contributed to God is a part of his kingdom now. Examples that I jotted down this week, standing up for the oppressed, the poor, forgiving others when they don't deserve it, treating people in a way pleasing to Christ. 
doing what Christ has commanded us, but also things beyond these. Every work of art, every piece of music inspired by the love of God is bringing about the kingdom of God in our world today. Every deed that spreads the gospel through word and through, again, through action is building up the kingdom of God today. This is the kingdom of God now in the present. The kingdom of God is the opposite of selfishness, of arrogance, and of human manipulation. We naturally want to build our own little kingdoms. And as fathers, again, a challenge, this is not directly a, specifically a solely a Father's Day message in here this morning, but there are things certainly our fathers can, can find challenge and um, inspiration from this morning as well. But we oftentimes, as we get caught up in our own worlds and our own careers and our own families, we're in, in many ways building our own kingdoms. And we, at times, if we're not careful, can lose track of the bigger picture of helping build and helping move forward and advance the upbuilding of God's kingdom. The kingdom of God is costly. In Matthew 13, verse 44, a man was willing to sell all that he had to acquire a treasure that was worth more than anything that he had ever seen. And when the kingdom of God comes into our hearts, when the kingdom of God, when we begin to internalize what it means to follow Jesus and to see his kingdom lived out in us, as I've said over the last several weeks and few months in another sermon series, is that the kingdom of God can be costly. It's not always convenient. It's not always easy. And sometimes it's very hard. And it's sometimes the most difficult thing that we could imagine. And the other thing about the upbuilding of God's kingdom, it's a kingdom in which God builds. God builds God's kingdom. But what's awesome about this is that he wants you and I to be a part of this. God has ordered his world in such a way where he uses his creatures, us, the human beings, who reflect his image. God intends his loving presence and power to be reflected in this world through his human creatures. N.T. Wright, many of you may know that name, he, is, he says, God has enlisted us to act as his stewards in the project of creation. God can build God's kingdom. God can do that by himself, but God chooses to use us to advance his kingdom in our world today. And the last point as I think about the upbuilding of God's kingdom, what does that look like? I, I put this down this week in my thoughts. The kingdom of God is a place where the intention of God is to set the world right. We see this in the Bible as we read from Genesis to Revelation, a plan gloriously fulfilled in Jesus Christ, supremely in his resurrection. The kingdom of God is a place where the intention of God is to set the world right. And when you and I act in ways of justice, when we speak kindly, when we spread the gospel through our words and through our actions, we are being a part of the kingdom of God, both here and now. The kingdom of God is, again, not just something that we can look forward to, the kingdom of heaven, when we go home to be with him, but it is something that we can be a part of and it's something that we can build. As we talk about in our offering, our words may use this for the upbuilding of your kingdom. It is something that we can be a part of now and it's something that we can strengthen now in us and in the church around us. A good historical example of a kingdom man as we think about this being Father's Day, I couldn't help but think of St. Francis of Assisi. Don't know, not aware if he was a father, but yet his prayer, uh, make me an instrument of your peace, represents this kingdom mentality of what that could look like for us and for you and I and for the church of Jesus right now. But he was a nature-loving monk and he wrote in the instrument of your peace, he said, where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. 
Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. All these characteristics and words in St. Francis' prayer are kingdom focused. They are kingdom driven. I want to spend the remaining uh, time I have this morning going back to something that I listed in the, uh, on the front page of the February Current, the church newsletter. Uh, in that, I shared some goals for the church for this year. And again, I was very clear about the fact that these were just some goals that I had. These were goals that I had when I came to Boiling Springs and goals that I still have here at Boiling Springs Baptist Church. These were not um, sit, sit around with a group type goals, but these are just some goals that I have as I lead, as I preach, as I serve each week. But I, I thought about them in a different perspective. And uh, the main goal, the overarching goal that I stated in February that I'll state again for you this morning, it says my overarching goal for Bowling Springs Baptist Church is that we seek to be a healthy body of believers where the kingdom of God is growing in our own lives and where we are seeking to advance the kingdom of God in our community and world. And so therefore I ask myself the question and ask you as we begin to think about what it looks like to be kingdom people to be people who serve and work and fellowship and live among the kingdom of God's people. Is the kingdom of God growing in you? And are you and are we advancing the kingdom of God? And dads this morning, are you growing in kingdom pursuits? I included some specific goals again in the February current and this week I thought of them once again in light of the kingdom. And hear them as I have reworded them briefly, adding in the kingdom of God. As the kingdom of God grows in us, may it foster and encourage a positive environment for spiritual growth and service among young adults. I stated in the article and would state again this morning, we can look around and see that we're growing older. And um, I am pleased to see and to know the direction that we at least are moving as Bowling Springs Baptist Church as we seek to advance God's kingdom and service opportunities for young adults in our church. Uh, Ellen and I and others this week were amazed at the end of Bible school how many young adult couples were serving this week in Bible school. It wasn't just the mom or the dad, but both mom and dad were here serving. And Ellen and I went through and named uh, multiple names of couples, some of which, most of which are members, but some of which are not. And we're helping in some way with Bible school this week. But also as we think about the kingdom of God and as we think about advancing that here at Bowling Springs Baptist Church, if the kingdom of God is growing in us, this will be evident in the way that we extend hospitality. How are we welcoming new people? May we not only be a friendly church, but may we grow deeper and stronger in our current and new friendships. It's not just enough to be a friendly church. Uh, there was a church in King, North Carolina that developed that as its slogan. And um, we talked about that area of pastors or we would get together with that pastor. And you know, it's, it's different than just being a friendly church and then establishing friendships. And that's different. And I hope as we grow, as the kingdom of God grows in us and as the kingdom of God grows through us, that our relationships will be strengthened as we do that. As the kingdom of God is growing in us, are we seeing more people involved in ministry and service than last year? The great thing about being a child of God is that we have been engifted with different spiritual gifts. And a church with every member engaged in a service in an area which they are gifted is a mighty strong church. And so I ask the question to you this morning, how are you serving? How has God gifted you to play a part in the upbuilding of his kingdom that we reference when we give and place our tithe in the offering plate? But how are we strengthening and how are we growing the kingdom through the gifts that God has given us?
Another goal, as the kingdom of God grows in us, it should lead us to spend just as much time and energy looking outside the walls of the church as we do looking in. As the kingdom of God grows in us, sure, there are things that we need to grow. There are things that we need to address inside the walls of Bowling Springs Baptist Church. We're doing that this year and over the next few years with facility issues and concerns that we have through the raising of funds. We do it, we grow the kingdom of God in us through worship, through Bible study, through missions. But what are we doing is to grow the kingdom of God outside of these walls. I was pleased with um, what I saw this week and those who interacted with many of the children that we picked up in uh, Vacation Bible School. And relationships were formed, relationships were established, and I look forward to seeing how God uses those uh, as we move forward. Uh, one of the things I think I shared, or I can't remember if I did or not, before my pastoral prayer, but 11 children this week accepted or chose to follow Jesus as their Savior. Um, we had a couple in the first and second grade class, a couple in the third and fourth, and seven in the fifth and sixth grade class. And I would say uh, there was a percentage that, were from our own, that was from this church, but there were more that were from the community who chose to follow Jesus. And I praise God that I was able to be a part of that and the teachers as well. One of the teachers was able to share, it was Carrie Dobbins with the fifth and sixth grade, is that's how she came to know the Lord, was in Bible school. And I'm grateful for how I saw and was a part of the kingdom of God advancing here in our church uh, and with many that are outside the walls of this church as well. But the kingdom of God, when it takes root in our life, when it grows in us, we not only desire to grow here and to strengthen the body of Christ, but we also desire to reach outside these walls and to see what the, the larger kingdom and his purpose, it compels us to go and it compels us to serve and to share. One of the other goals that I listed is the kingdom growing in us should give us the courage to have difficult conversations with others to whom we disagree and not simply participate in conversations about others to whom we disagree. But when the kingdom of God comes in us and takes control of our lives, it, it, it compels us to have difficult conversations that would be easier to simply ignore. But yet there's something in us. Many of you know what that's like in families when you feel like you need to have that conversation with someone you don't want to. It's the last thing that you want to do, but you know it's the right thing to do. But when the kingdom of God takes control of our lives, we begin to have conversations with those to whom we disagree. And we don't simply just talk about them, but we talk to them. And I think scripture in Matthew 18 challenge us to do that. Uh, to do that when we uh, have a disagreement with someone. And last, the kingdom of God shows us time and time again that God takes flawed, imperfect, ordinary individuals and uses them for his glory. Mistakes do not qualify you and disqualify you and I from serving in God's kingdom. And I'm so grateful for that. We talked about that this morning in men's Bible studies. We looked to Paul and we talked about the big blunders that Paul had in persecuting the church and was actually, uh, hands were, were guilty uh, for murder uh, in persecuting and in um, killing Christians before he was uh, converted. But I'm grateful that mistakes, again, do not disqualify us for service in God's kingdom. And I'm grateful that he still calls and that he still uses imperfect people for his kingdom purposes. As I said earlier, God's kingdom will one day culminate, but his kingdom is also here and now. The prayer that we prayed in the Lord's prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth, lots of wills are done. Yours, mine, and many others. 
what Jesus taught, what the prophets taught, what the Old Testament pointed to and Jesus lived in anticipation of was the day when earth and heaven would be one. When we think of the prayer again, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We know God's will will be done in heaven. But as we follow Christ, as we pursue Christ, as we grow in Christ, his kingdom is coming in us and his kingdom is coming through us in the ways that we treat other people, when we stand up for the oppressed, for the poor, when we enact, when we follow the will of God in our lives, we begin to see what his kingdom looks like in the here, in the now, for you and for me. Dads and all present today, I have a question. Are we part of bringing about God's kingdom now? This, this happens daily when we, when we live for him, we allow his spirit to lead us and to guide us. Living for the things of God in our home, as we go about our career, as we go and serve and live in the community and in the larger world. Are you a part of the kingdom of God this morning? Have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? And if you are, are you allowing that kingdom to grow in you? Are you allowing, are you a part of, of not only worship services, but Bible studies and, and other opportunities that allow that kingdom of God to grow in you? With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to close this morning by extending that invitation that I just um, offered. Is your, first of all, do you, are you a part of the kingdom? your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And secondly is uh, for our dads, for all those here this morning is, are we growing in the kingdom work? Are we growing in our relationship with Jesus? It may be that confess that we've been building our own kingdoms instead of advancing the kingdom of God. This mighty powerful one in which we need to remind ourselves of frequently. Lord, one in which you taught us how to pray. And so, Father, help us as we move in the coming weeks to look towards heaven and to, to uh, sermons about that. Lord, we pray that as we think about that, we would think about where we are currently in our relationship with you. Are we a part of your kingdom? And Lord, are we advancing your kingdom? We, are, we, are we allowing your kingdom to grow in us? So that, it may build, so that it may be built up through your church today. Lord, we confess that many times we have allowed our own kingdoms and our own will to be done instead of yours. And so, Lord, forgive us for that this morning. God, speak to us in ways that we need to be spoken to, convince us, and guide us. May be about your kingdom work as dads, as moms, as citizens, as children of God. Help us to pursue your kingdom. We ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, never, never join uh, with the king. Opportunity. Invite you to come. We're going to stand and sing. This is my song, hymn number six ninety seven.